Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck. Still stuck on the phone, Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, especially, especially COVID, Mr. Nathaniel Paul, not dead Thurston. Yeah. So I noticed that you guys said another day you're alive. They said the music sounded bad. And I noticed that too. It was like super tinny and really thin. I don't know what's going on with the sound right there. It's pretty, it's pretty weird. So, Hey, yeah, this is the good morning Liberty podcast. My name is, (laughs) they wanted to know if the intro music has COVID. (laughs) Yeah, they, I think they do. I I think the intro music just has a little bit of COVID. The board honestly has COVID because, uh, you know, it's had so much freedom fest around it. And so the board probably has a lot of COVID because yeah. it might have gone to South Dakota or the mics went to South Dakota. Everything's just sounding, sounding real COVID-y today. But this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to, which has not been a whole lot of days lately. Uh, and Charlie's about to be gone for two weeks. Uh, for two going, high weeks, man. Going to Italy on a business trip to get on the ground and research their green card vaccinations. So it's a business trip, mm-hmm. definitely. It's not doesn't have anything to do with getting married. Nothing like that. Um, this is a Just business expense. Government. Gallivanting around yeah. the, the business for business reasons. And we'll see if he gets stuck there. Uh, but before he goes and gets stuck in Italy, we are going to do a dumb bleep of the week episode this is really like dumb bleep of the month because some of this stuff didn't even happen this week it's just stuff that we haven't been able to cover Mm -hmm. over the last couple weeks so um i I guess because we were gonna be the dumbest things that you have found over the last couple weeks because even though you were distraught laying in bed hovering over and and you know just bending at the knees about to die Mm -hmm. you still had twitter open i did unfortunately you know you were you were hunched over shivering on mm-hmm. your last couple breaths and Twitter was still there. It, it's, and in fact, it's it probably there. kept your blood pressure up enough that it may have kept you alive. I think Twitter kept me alive. <laughs> so that's what it was. So you were still able to find all the dumb bleeps that could possibly have happened. I tell you what, I think social media is like one of the worst things that human beings have, honestly, in our lives. Like when I get on there, everything gets worse. My uh, Just overall, my feelings about everything get worse mm-hmm. when I get on there. Much better when I'm not on social media whatsoever. If it weren't for the podcast and having to find content and having to try and pump the podcast, I would not use it. I don't use personal social media at all just for the podcast. And I tell you what, y'all, I don't think it's worth it. I really don't. (laughs) It just makes me feel bad all the time. But please share our show on that. Yeah, but please get on there. (laughs) Use your personal profiles to push our show to all of your friends because it's very, very important that we get the word out there. All right, y'all. I want to apologize in advance to all of our Liberty-loving friends here on our Discord. And part of the Patreon is Clay here. So I don't, I don't have to apologize too much. Just to <laughs> Joe, maybe. Are you doing an ad? 
Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because yep, yep. I put a note I, in there saying that we have I even have had. to tell you guys about something that I still use to this day. In fact, I talked to my therapist on Tuesday, and we had a great conversation Tuesday night, and uh, it's through BetterHelp. And I'm telling you guys, with this whole pandemic, the Delta variant running around, people, there's a lot of people that are having uh, some mental health issues. And if you want help <laughs> You're with telling those me. Mental, health issue, mental health issues, then there's no better place than BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Save yourself 10% off the first month. I use it myself. I'm telling you, you have to start taking care of your mental health. At least it's someone to talk to, a third party that is not going to be biased in one direction or the other. You can tell them your deepest, darkest secrets and fears. Uh, you can tell them why you're depressed or why you're happy or why you're sad or any of those things. And you can do it through uh, text. So you don't even have to use the, you don't have to talk on the phone. You can literally text them through the app or a phone call or a video chat. Hmm. You don't have to leave your house. It's absolutely amazing. So go to betterhelp.com. That's H E L P. Betterhelp.com slash GML. Save yourself 10%. There you go. And now th here's more proof that you need to use BetterHelp. We will move on to Dumb Bleep number one of the week. Charles, I don't know if you saw the news yet, but the U.S., which had recently withdrew. You might need better help after listening to this. Although Trickle D says she needs it after listening to the ads. <laughs> so The U.S. Which, which means that's a good ad. That's a good ad right there. <laughs> I think she needs it. Exactly. You're supposed to convince people that they need it. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Exactly. We just withdrew troops from Afghanistan. We are going to get it down to no one by 9-11. And now we have, we have sent in 3,000 new troops to Afghanistan to try and help evacuate personnel that we still have there. Like, oh, crap, we forgot some people there, and now it's gotten too dangerous. Um, listen, this is what's happened over a little bit. The Taliban is moving through Afghanistan, taking city by city. The U.S. is sending some 3,000 troops to Afghanistan to assist with the departure of embassy staff after urging American citizens to leave the country immediately. The Taliban has now seized more than a dozen provincial capitals in Afghanistan in an unrelenting sweep, including the country's second biggest city, Kandahar. These Taliban gains come just weeks before U.S. troops are scheduled to complete their withdrawal. Listen, I don't think the withdrawal is actually going to end up happening, okay? I just, I don't think it's actually going to happen. No. Um, because here's, we're never leaving. Here's what's happened. We removed a bunch of troops. Taliban is, uh, taking cities as they go through there. And now we'll have to send the troops in. There's going to be issues at the embassy and we'll end up deciding that we need to retake some of those cities. I think this will continue to be a never ending war. And honestly, listen, we need to just, we need to leave. We need to get out of the country. We've been there for 20 years. I uh, don't think things are a whole lot better. I don't see how it's our job to make sure that the Taliban does not take over places in the country. I saw even someone like Marianne Williamson was tweeting like, well, because of the bad things that they do to women, I agree that we need to stay over there. Okay, are we going to send that principle out to every single country that does bad things to women that we need to go there and we need to take over those countries? It's simply just not our job. Okay. Durka Durka. I tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Mohammed Jihad, I tweeted earlier uh, that the Afghanistan situation will resolve itself when the Afghan people want democracy more than the Taliban wants tyranny. That means that eventually the people are going to have to rise up and say that we do not want the Taliban. Listen, we did it here in the U.S. against the British. I, I know it's easy to uh, hindsight that situation, but it ended up going okay. Um, and we did it with a very small amount of people that actually wanted to do that. Uh, the people in Afghanistan, to me, are not showing that they actually want to rise up and fight against the Taliban. It is not our job to go in there and use American troops' lives uh, to keep a country safe from something when they don't want the type of society that we have from every everything that I can tell. So mm. it's just not it's just not our job. Okay, I agree. I, I I'm glad that you agree. On that, I wonder what people. You wrote a song. Think. You wrote a song that said it's not my job. It's not. It's not our job. Yeah. 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 You want to sing that real quick for the folks? No, I do not <laughs> want to sing that for the folks, and they also don't want me to sing that for yeah. them. I'm not sure there's that. much I could add to that, except for there's no look. There's just no reason for yeah. us to be there. And look, we can't. I wish that we could 
you know, bomb people into democracy or whatever. <laughs> I wish I, there's nothing I want more than for every single person to have the most amount of liberty possible. And that's, that's all of humanity, humanity. Okay. But we can't keep spending trillions of dollars that we don't have. It's not, doesn't exist. The money doesn't matter, Charlie. It, we we to, can spend whatever we want to police the world. Yeah. Right. We, that we can't do that. So, all right. Dumb bleep number. So, backstory on this. This came because um, I just wanted to know what the vaccines were costing people because people were talking about what Florida is doing now, which is they are doing a program where they're offering a, something called Regeneron, uh, which I need to read up some more, but apparently it's pretty expensive. I don't know what people are going to have to pay for it. And they want people to do Regeneron, apparently, according to the Twitter machine. That Florida wants people to do Regeneron instead of getting vaccines, even though 90% of the old people in Florida are vaccinated. Uh, their, their numbers on vaccination are not that What's much Regeneron? better or worse. Um, I don't know, but they're talking about doing like an at-home treatment, so they're not overwhelming the hospitals. Um, anyway, I googled how much the vaccines were costing. Charlie, tell everyone how much vaccines cost. Well, this is good. Top result probably here from the CDC. Number straight. one result. Straight from the horse's tail, man. COVID-19 vaccines are available for everyone at no cost. Vaccines were paid for with taxpayer dollars and will be given to all people living in the United States, regardless of insurance or immigration status. Wait, hold on. Can you read those two for those sentences again? COVID-19 vaccines are available for everyone at no cost. Vaccines are paid for. With taxpayer dollars. <laughs> people, no costs, taxpayer dollars. People actually think like this. Because most people don't pay taxes. I guess. That's it's why. Just, I mean, we all pay the results of the taxes regardless. Even if you don't end up paying the taxes, we still end up paying more for all the goods and services that we have. Yeah, but they don't and, see that. And it comes out of your paychecks, you know, your payroll taxes, stuff like that. But people don't see it. It's just... Literally, people have this mindset that that the money taken from your paycheck and then used on something means that the thing that you got was given to you at no cost. How does that work? No cost. How? 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 You just say it. You just say it. That's it. That's You just say the word. you put it on Googles. Yeah. The first result. Okay. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. That's that's a uh, number. Two. I actually lab- I labeled the dumb bleeps in this thing. It's number two. Yeah, dumb bleep number two. Are you updating the channel? Um, no, I'm not. So since I'm not on my computer today, gotcha. um, I did not have the actual files all saved, and so that's why actually on the Discord I'm rolling through uh, the actual uh, window of my podcast notes right now, and that's mm. what people are seeing because I didn't have time to put the files on here. So uh, number three, Rokana who is running for U.S. congressperson, I believe, in California. Here's a really accurate comparison that we should use to formulate government policy. From 2009 to 2019, CEO compensation rose 105%, and the minimum wage rose 0% during that 10 years. CEOs work hard to be sure, but workers also deserve to be compensated for their productivity. We need to raise the wage. All right. So you're com- you're comparing. Here's the comparison. CEOs and their compensation, which, by the way, includes all their stock options, sometimes options that they never even get paid out, by the way. Mm-hmm. Still, still, it still includes that. To what people making the minimum amount are making. Now, that's not tracking a specific group of people that are making, that started making the minimum wage in 2019 and what they're making in right now, or 2009 and what they're making in 2019. It's only the minimum wage. It's only what the actual minimum wage is, which is normally new people coming into the workforce or people who are not good at their job. Okay. So there's only about a million people. Yeah. Out of, out of the, what is it, 180 million? Workers? It's, a, it's something like around 1% of wage earners make the actual federal minimum wage. I'm not even sure it's 1%. And you normally make that for like a couple months and yeah. then you start getting moved up. But the CEOs, see, that's following a specific group of people, CEOs. And then it's comparing what this upper echelon of workers in the workforce, people who are white, running companies, <laughs> old white men, 
what they are making and their total compensation, by the way, including what their wages are, plus what all their stock options and everything are, which people have moved towards as uh, they don't want to pay as many taxes, stuff like that. So they move over the compensation, which means, by the way, you make that money if you do a really good job as a CEO. Mm -hmm. If you do a terrible job and the company goes out of business and you don't make any of the money, comparing that to what people that are making the very minimum made. Now, that's always changing, by the way. Yes. Uh, which is always changing. By the way, the actual numbers, so if you wanted to look at what the wages went up, uh, I did bring in a graph. It's roughly about a 30% increase in wages, like median wages for people over that time is what you've actually had. And maybe you can compare that to CEOs if you want to, going up 105%, and that's probably fair. It's probably very fair. That looks more like 100%. Oh, it's from 2009. Yeah, more Sorry. years. More Sorry. years involved on that. So, gotcha. That's a dumb bleep. And the problem is when you when you look at statistics like this and you you the they misstate, they manipulate statistics, they cherry pick data sets, they compare things that should not be compared to one another, and then they use this to drum up emotions in people uh, to push government policies that have nothing to do with the actual thing that they were comparing really whatsoever. You would still so if you change the minimum wage to whatever you wanted to, and then it and then it sat stagnant or it wrote, it, it went up two percent every year or three percent every year, whatever it was, you would still say that people that were making the minimum wage were not making the same increase that CEOs were, because there would still just be people that were making the minimum wage. That it's a terrible comparison, but they use this to drive public policy and to change everyone's lives. A lot of people who just know nothing about statistics, apparently. Or economics, so I get really annoyed, and it works when I. It totally works. Yeah, yeah. So good on them, I guess, for being such great manipulators. <laughs> I don't know. How do you sleep at night? Yeah. Okay. I'm taking this. I'm taking this. All right, dumb bleep number quattro. All right, vaccines should be as easy as. Oh, I'm sorry. From from Billy, make vaccines as easy to get as buying a gun. <laughs> Now, you had a good response to this, but I want to add something to this. So you said, so vaccines should cost $1,500 for the needle and an extra $100 every time you want protection from the virus. <laughs> There's, now it's easy as a gun. Or more. And everyone needs a background check. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Unless you get part of that vaccine loophole. You know, you go to a vaccine show. You got to go to the vaccine show. You got to go to the vaccine yeah. show mm -hmm. so you can get that loophole. And uh, make sure you don't have to pay for that old background. Maybe check, a three-day waiting period yeah, for getting your vaccine. Exactly. And also, by the way, is it hard to get a vaccine? No. It's the easiest thing I think I've ever done. They're apparently free. I can mm. literally get on the CVS app right now and schedule a vaccine appointment. Well, you have to have a phone, Nate. Mm. Yeah, that's the problem. That's right. Yeah. You know? You don't have to have a phone to buy a gun. You know, no. It's just what a stupid. And point. Then, I, then I would be like, well, you have to walk to the store. But if you wanted to go buy a gun, you'd have to walk to the store too. Mm. So, eat, yeah. like, it's the same. So you have to have legs. Yeah, and actually, it's way easier to get a vaccine than it is to buy a gun. Yes, yeah. it's much easier already. So, yeah, so much easier. <laughs> so, but it, but people just say things. They just and then people yeah. retweet it. Mm -hmm. I just, we need to start saying stupid stuff on our Twitter account yes. all the time. That's how you actually get retweets from people. <laughs> I have to assume. Well, I and just, Joe says a $3,000 tax stamp for a fully automatic vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you want that fully auto, uh, full auto vaccines. Yeah. Shoots a hundred rounds a second. All right. Now we get into a I little bit. I wonder if uh, California will lift their clip ban. They're, you know, extra capacity clips. They're clip, yeah. Yeah. The vaccine clips, are, I hear they've been limiting those quite yeah. a bit now. Yeah. Um, okay. A little bit older should, news. Also, should we have gun dealers injecting people with things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't sure. think it's ever been easier to get a vaccine. Like, used to, you have to schedule an appointment with your doctor. Plus, as and, we just heard, it's free. Yeah. Costs you no money at all. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. So, anyway, that tweet's ridiculous, and... So I'm glad it made dumb bleep. It made me smile. I'm good. I'm going to run you through a conversation I have with someone about the eviction moratorium. This is a little bit older story. That's why this dumb bleep is encompassing more than just this week. Do you remember when we talked about how the Supreme Court looked at the eviction moratorium and um, Kavanaugh said that he thought that it was unconstitutional, but since it expired, 
in a month that they weren't going to strike it down because it was going to expire. And well, then they extended and it. And then they extended it again. I told you they were going to. Yeah. We clearly said that they were going to extend it again. And that is what they did. That is why what Kavanaugh said that it was unconstitutional, but since it was about to expire, they weren't going to. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So he, he must have got Super Bowl tickets or something. He, he got he gets to be in this dumb bleep. But then we've got some tweets here. So Caitlin Johnstone. Now we're talking about ev- evictions. We're going to talk about rent itself. Obviously, socialist people do not like the idea of rent or landlords or property ownership altogether. So that's why they don't like landlords at all. Uh, This person says, don't just ban evictions, cancel rent. Don't just cancel the rent, cancel the predatory scam of renting (laughs) itself. See, all you have to do is call something something. Yeah, you just say stuff. Don't just cancel renting, cancel capitalism. Don't just cancel capitalism, cancel the entire competition-based model of human behavior that's driving us to extinction. Just say words. That's really all you got to do. Wonder if this person cares how many Twitter followers they have. That's probably <laughs> probably about it. They got a lot of retweets on that. So that's this starts here, and then I I started talking to some people on here. Oh, great! This person named Jesus was a communist. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jesus was obviously a communist. You know what he did was anyone who didn't agree with him, he uh, buried them alive. That was actually one of the my most favorite stories from the Bible is when someone didn't adhere uh, to uh, any of Jesus' teachings. He actually uh, he actually had them buried alive, and that's actually in, in uh, Job, probably. That's yeah. uh, that's probably what book that's in. But anyway, I said, so okay, if we do this, and then there aren't any houses available at all, it's crazy how y'all haven't changed plans in 150 years, no matter how terribly they failed. Jesus says. <laughs> Are you aware of the number of houses that are sitting vacant in this country versus the number of unhoused? Who hasn't learned their effing lesson? So the the argument they're making is that there are enough vacant houses in the U.S. to house all of the people that need to be in a house. And actually, that is true. That's actually true uh, in New York. There's enough vacant apartment buildings to house all the homeless in New York. Probably the case out in California as well. But what if you wanted to actually fix the problem? Like, what's the problem when people aren't, uh, when they're not housed, when they're actually homeless? The problem is that they haven't been able to produce enough in society to exchange enough value with other people to to pay them for their work that they put in building the house that they have. All right, that that's the actual problem. So I said, in your world, people will just volunteer their time to build free houses for people. And the fact that those houses currently cost money is the only reason we have homeless people. And he continues on saying, in your world, it's perfectly fine to have houses sit empty while people suffer in the streets. So still making the point that we should just take all of the empty houses that are there, doesn't matter if they're owned by people or anything like that, and we should just put all the homeless people in those houses, and then the problem will be solved. And that is what they're, what they're talking mm-hmm. about. So, uh, so I said, I'd rather fix the problem. The problem is not that they don't have houses. The problem is that they can't afford them. That's due to a combination of their inability to provide value in society and regulations constantly leading to higher home prices and a lot of inflation, stuff like that. And they make the point one more time, the problem is exactly that they don't have houses. Unhoused, because houses just exist. Yeah, they just they just pop up. Yeah. People just build them. Mm-hmm. They just exist. I remember back, you know, uh, I saw this on Discovery Channel, I think 10,000 years ago, that just... At you know, at one point through evolution and sheer tyranny of will, yeah, the houses were just popping up. Well, they just they had to go through and burn down a bunch. I heard because they just keep popping up everywhere. They're actually overpopulating. Uh, yeah, the and they're mm-hmm. decimating the grub worm population. They are so, which is really hurting the warthogs. You know, <laughs> they don't have enough grubs. He says, here's the problem. Unhoused people don't have houses. The solution is to provide them with houses. You are an effing clown. Is what Jesus was a communist <laughs> decided to go ahead and say to me. So I wanted it's to also t- at empty the pew pews. <laughs> I wanted to um to talk about the idea of uh first off, I, I think landlords are a good thing. There's a lot of conversations we can have about that. Um uh as far as buying a house and then renting it out to people. A lot of people will make the point that, well, you know, by the way, if I were going to rent a house, it would cost more than what my mortgage is right now. My mortgage is 
pretty cheap. I got in at a pretty good time in Nashville. If I wanted to rent a house, it would actually cost more. And so what a lot of people will say is, well, this makes sense. I can't, I can't get a mortgage, but I can rent this house. And the part that they're leaving out of that is that when you get a mortgage, you're telling them that you're going to be able to pay for this house for 30 years. Okay. Mm. When you rent a house, you're not saying that I'm going to be able to pay you for this for 30 years. So there is a really big difference in, in getting a mortgage on it's a typically house. typically a year. Yeah. And then actually signing a lease on some type of property. But the main idea here is that they think that, um, that magically the houses will just exist. They're not just going to exist. They have to be built which means people have to invest their capital in it. And they would only invest that capital in it if they thought that they were going to reap some type of reward off of that. All right? Now, you could say that there are currently enough vacant houses to house everyone. And let's just say you did that. And you took all the homeless people and you put them in the vacant houses. You seized all the property from everyone and you put all the homeless people in the current houses. What about the next homeless people? That's the thing. They never they, they think that there's just this group of 500,000 people that are homeless and then they just need to be housed, and then we'll not have any more homeless people. What happens when their water faucet breaks? That's you. What uh, happens when they need a new roof? You have to go fix it, or they're going to bury you alive. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, so, that's what you have to do. Uh, what happens ten? Like, just look what happens ten years from now. You know, like lots of homes are going to need repairs. You're going to have, I don't know. I remember one house we were living in. The ceiling caved in because there ended up being a water leak. And the ceiling caved in, and there was all kinds of uh, debris and uh, insulation, mm -hmm. soaking wet insulation everywhere. Thank yeah. God it was my brother's room. It wasn't mine <laughs> when we were growing up. That is good. So who fixes that? And then, and then what? Like these people still don't have jobs or a way to provide for themselves. So, I mean, shelter is a good thing. I, you know what, uh, you know what should be amazing is the fact that people have houses to live in at all. Mm-hmm. Like mm -hmm. the it, fact that those houses even exist. The fact that we're that we're in a house right now. Mm-hmm. I was I was talking to a guy the other day. I was getting Stephanie's tire fixed. And I was at the old Tyler the tire shop. And uh this guy started talking to me about things and and that's one thing I said to him. I was like, it's absolutely amazing that we're sitting here in a place that specializes in fixing tires that go on a freaking car. That can t take me places at high speeds, like I, that I don't have to to walk here. Like it's just, it, I, it, it's unbelievable to me the world that we live in, and people just think like, oh well, you know, there's there's houses and they're vacant, so we should just put people in them. Yeah. And then what? What about what's the, next? What about the next batch of homeless people? What about the fact that you've now told everyone that they can have a house uh, without paying for it? What would be the incentive to for anyone to pay for any of their houses? And then you still get into the problem of how do those houses end up existing in the first place? They have to be built by people. People have to invest their capital in that. And they think that they're going to make a reward off that or they wouldn't invest the capital. It'd be no reason to put money into building a house if you didn't think that at the end of the day, you were going to end up with more money. That is why the houses get built in the first place. And when you don't, these people do not understand incentivizing production at all. They only want to incentivize consumption. But if you don't allow for a, an environment for people to produce things that, all of, that everyone needs to consume, you, then you end up with a bunch of consumers that have nothing to consume because nothing has been produced. That is what's happened throughout history. And Jesus was a communist societies out there. Okay? Yeah, back then when they didn't have houses. Yeah. What's going on right now with the... Yeah. What's going yeah. on right now with the Most eviction moratorium? Most live, in tents. It's totally insane. Uh, I, I just said insane. What they so it to because I didn't see. I think the end of, I can't remember, the end of September maybe. I can't remember. They're just going to keep extending it because we're just going to keep having COVID. And now that since we have COVID, we can force people to provide housing for other people. Uh, then it's an issue. I was listening to an interview on someone's podcast I think it was Megan Kelly's podcast and she had some landlords on there and they were saying that one thing they can do is sell the house. Uh, they can do that under the eviction moratorium. But the problem is who's going to buy the house because whoever is going to buy the house also wants to make some type of a reward off of buying that house. They want to reap some type of investment dollars off of that. Why are they going to buy the house when they can't have people pay for it? And they, you, you still have to get the P I think they, 
they started the process of selling the house and it still took them 11 months to get the people to move out of the house afterwards. Like, and they're, you're not just, what you're doing here, this is another good example of how these policies are helping really big companies because BlackRock can assume, can, can afford to go through this situation right now. They can afford to do it. But all of your, just say mom and pops or your individuals out there who have rental properties, they can't afford to continue going through this, okay? They, they, they need this for income. The house right next to me is uh, about to go up for sale, and I'm thinking about buying it. But I need to make money off of that house. That's the only reason I would buy it, all right? I, I just, I think, rental, I think rental properties overall are a good thing, by the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's a good thing for people who need something where they don't want to go three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in debt, and they just need to spend a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a month, or two thousand dollars a month until they get on their feet or whatever. Um, I, you can also stay mobile. You don't end up pouring tons of money into the house because the rental, the the property manager is going to take care of that. Uh, there's a lot of good reasons that you would have rentals instead of uh, doing that. But anyway, man. What else you got on that? I think that's yeah, it's just ridiculous. And I we knew it was going to happen. Everybody was like, "Oh, the, the housing crash is coming at the end of June. That's when the eviction moratorium's coming up." It's like, "Oh, then they'll, they'll extend it." Yeah. Then they extended it to the end of July. Then in July came up, they extended it to whenever now. So Who knows? Yep. Um I want to say one uh, before we get to done bleep number 6 cuz we haven't mentioned it here. Did you see uh Cuomo yeah, finally we had to resign. We didn't talk. Yeah, we didn't get to talk about that. I, I you know, it came out. The attorney general came out and said, yeah, we found at least six uh, truthful stories by these women. And Cuomo's like, nah, wasn't me. I didn't do it. My I, official. I'm not resigning. My official story is Cuomo groped so many old women in nursing homes that they all died. And he had the end up <laughs> resigning. That's what happened. Yeah. He groped them so hard they died. And that is why he ended up needing to leave office. Oh, man. That's the story. I've and, seen so far. Yeah, exactly. All right. Dumb bleep number six. All okay. Right. Well, this is going to be a video. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have seen this, uh, but this is on MSNBC. This is someone from Cato out there making the case for why libertarians actually support mandatory vaccines. All right. So I'm going to play this video for y'all. We're going to play a few minutes of it and listen to this, um, this brilliant, brilliant person from Cato. Uh, great, you know they Cato's done a lot of good things. I'm not not just bad mouthing Cato, uh, but we're gonna play this video for y'all real quick, just in case you haven't seen it, and then we'll talk about whether or not uh, the points that he's making are are valid. Republican politicians like to pretend they're sticking to libertarian values, citing liberty, freedom, personal choice as reasons to oppose just about every measure that could stem the spread of COVID. But the thing is, a lot of actual libertarian legal scholars say vaccine mandates, for example, are actually OK. They're fine because you can have personal freedom for yourself, but not at the expense. By the way, he just committed sin number one, which is calling someone an actual libertarian. It, yeah, there is. There's no such thing. OK, sorry. Fence of others. Ilya Soman is a professor of law at George Mason University and an adjunct scholar at the Libertarian Cato Institute. He joins me now. Um, professor Soman, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Explain to our viewers why vaccine mandates, in your view, are not oppression, not authoritarianism, not tyranny, as some self-styled libertarians have claimed in recent days. So thank you very much for having me. I think they are a restriction on freedom, but they're a very small one uh, with a very large payoff, not just for the person who gets vaccinated. It's small, but don't worry. Already as a libertarian. It's a, it's a very small one. Yeah. Already oh. as a libertarian, he's decided this is a small restriction on your freedom, but it's, it's so small with a big payoff that I've decided as a real libertarian that we can do this. Yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, because I've decided that this is just a small restriction on your on your freedom. For other people they come into contact with as well, and that makes them very different from other infringements on liberty that are either much larger, as in the case of lockdowns, for example, or uh, where there's little or no benefit except possibly a benefit to the individual himself. So I think vaccines, therefore, are a special case where you get a small infringement on freedom, you get the jab, but then you can move on with your life at worst in a day or two. Uh, and on the other hand, there's a big payoff in terms of saving lives, uh, whereas there are other kinds of restrictions on liberty which are much more severe and are very different. 
So just like seatbelt laws, man. You know, no big just, deal. If you it's, can, it's a small thing for you to click it or tick it. Okay, very yeah. small, tiny thing that you can do. It saves lives. You know, so who cares the, about the freedoms? It, so this principle, what I'm figuring out is that any restriction that you can put on people that would save lives is is okay. That's that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Now, why are we only talking about COVID? It's just a little jab. It's just a jab. In a couple days, you're back at it after you get done feeling like crap. Mm-hmm. You have a, you know, something that still hasn't been fully authorized by the FDA put in your body, and it's going to be there doing stuff for God knows how long. But we can make that decision because it's going to save lives, and so therefore the government should be able to force you to do it. Okay, let's keep going here. So. You've done all the reading. You're a scholar. You're a professor. You've done all the reading. You've done the intellectual heavy lifting. But I do wonder for others in other cases whether libertarianism today is just an excuse for many on the right to act selfishly, recklessly, and then pretend it's all about freedom and liberty when, of course, your freedom ends where mine begins. People of almost every ideology cite liberty uh, when they think it's convenient to do so. The Republicans you mentioned earlier, none of them are actually libertarians. None of them, not even Rand Paul, actually described themselves as libertarians. So uh, like many politicians, they will resort to pro-liberty arguments when they think it's politically convenient. Uh, but I don't think either they or other politicians on either right or left necessarily exemplify libertarianism in any way. Now, he's right about that. And in, in the fact that a lot of Republicans will resort to a liberty argument when it's when it's something they believe in. Yeah. So when he, convenience is them. But when they're right about it, like the government not being able to force you to have a substance injected into your body against your will uh, doesn't mean that they're not arguing on the side of liberty just because in the past they've been wrong about some of the things that they argued about. Of course, they don't argue on the side of liberty when it comes to a lot of things. When you're mm-hmm. talking about Republicans, you could say a lot of stuff. You could say gay marriage. You could say, uh, which, by the way, most Republicans support that now. You could say um, drug laws, things like that. They don't argue on the side of liberty. So they do pick and choose. Okay. He's, he's right about mm-hmm. that. I, I'm not going to say he's wrong. It's funny you mentioned Rand Paul. I, I believe he was named by his father, Congressman Ron Paul, after Ayn Rand, the li- uh, hero to many libertarians. He does, you know, do the shtick about freedom and liberty. But as you point out, libertarianism, for example, uh, is, a, is, is it, correct me if I'm wrong, is in yeah, favor of Randall. open borders right. or fewer restrictions on the freedom of movement. And yet you have people like Ron DeSantis uh, blaming immigrants for the spread of COVID, supporting the building of a wall. How does that fit with libertarianism? Very poorly. Uh, Libertarianism certainly opposes severe restrictions on liberty, and there are a few more severe than migration restrictions, which can find people to lives of poverty and oppression simply because they happen to be born in the wrong place or to the wrong parents. And it's certainly a far more severe restriction than a vaccine mandate. I don't know whether Rand Paul was named after Ayn Rand or not, but he himself describes himself not as libertarian, but as a quote unquote constitutional conservative. Uh, so uh, he is not a consistent libertarian and to his credit doesn't claim to be. So uh, what is your position on mask mandates? Because we talked about vaccine mandates. You said, uh, you know, the infringement is minor and the payoff is big. The other big row, and we played uh, a clip earlier in Tennessee, people losing their minds screaming about masks. Some people seem to have lost their minds on the right about the idea of putting a mask on their face for a few hours a day to protect their fellow citizens. Uh, A lot of Republican governors gone out of the way to ban mask mandates. Where do you stand on that? What is the libertarian position on mask mandates in your view? I don't know that there's one single consistent libertarian position on this, but my own view is that mass mandates are very different from vaccine mandates because they're a much more severe imposition on liberty <laughs> in that it's not just a jab and then you go on with your life. It's potentially any time you go inside in an indoor public space, you get this pretty severe restriction, which is very painful and annoying for many people, particularly those who wear glasses or have sensitive face or other conditions. It also significantly inhibits normal human communication, uh, which both studies and common sense show often comes through facial expressions. Moreover, 
to put it mildly, the evidence that mask mandates actually spread the spread of COVID is much, much weaker than in the case of uh, than in the case of vaccines. There's much more division among experts over that. So what we have there is a much more severe imposition on liberty for a much smaller payoff than with vaccines. So my view is that uh, if you have the option of vaccination, which we do, and if necessary, in some cases, you can use vaccine mandates, then that's the option we should pursue rather than more severe impositions on liberty, including mask mandates, lockdowns, migration restrictions, and so on. Okay. So he was, <sighs> he was pretty on on the mask mandate part. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me is he considers the mask mandate a more severe imposition on your liberty than, than a vaccine. Than having something injected yeah, into your body. Yeah, a mask is something you can take on and off. Okay, I'm not supporting mask mandates. You can also Obviously, choose not we, to go anywhere, so yeah. you don't have to wear the mask. Yeah, but but that is a more severe uh, restriction of your liberty than actually forcing you to put a needle in your arm and put a substance in your body mm -hmm. that's going to stay there. You can't just take it on and off, okay? Charlie's arm is still magnetic. We, we saw it, okay? <laughs> you can't, you can't now, just... look, I want to say this. <laughs> I advocate personally for people to take the vaccine. I think you should. Um, I think that overall, as I've said many times, if you look at the at history, vaccines err on the side of safety than they do uh, harm. Okay, for the vast majority of people, we've been able to eradicate some de diseases. We've been able to uh, improve the lives of a lot of people through vaccination. Okay, so I think that what he's not wrong about that is that is that the vaccine's pretty safe and that you should get it. Where he where he is wrong is that it should be mandatory. It should never be mandatory. Ever from from a government from from anyone, I am not going to go over to your house and force you to get a vaccine, even though I think that it's a good idea for you to get one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I personally got one because I wanted to travel, which I'm I'm leaving in a couple of days, which they do require it for travel to to uh, foreign countries to Italy. So I am I was required to get one, but at the same time I also weighed my options because I can I can decide not to go to Italy. But yeah. I weighed my options, and I'm like, okay, vaccines are, are so you still safe. The important point is you did still have a choice. Yes, I did. You made the choice yes. that going to Italy uh, and getting the vaccine to do that was... Uh, worth the risk of dying from a vaccine. Was worth it for getting the <laughs> vaccine, but you still made a choice. You weren't... No one came to your house and forced you to get the vaccine. No. No one taxed you because you didn't have the vaccine. They didn't steal your income because you didn't have the vaccine. You made a choice to do it. So that's the important part. That's what we always want to highlight there is that as long as there is still an element of choice where Charlie made the decision to get the vaccine so he could do something, uh, then that so he could go to a foreign country, then that is very different than the government coming and mandating that you must get the vaccine mm -hmm. through no choice of your own. And where this just doesn't line up is there's a, we decided, listen, a lot of people are getting COVID. A lot of people have died from it. Uh, there's still very low risk of dying from it. Take it from us. We both had it in the last two weeks. Yep. Okay. Still a low risk of dying from it. So there's our... Although uh, my symptoms were better. That's true. Because <laughs> you I was vaccinated. Probably because you were vaccinated more mm -hmm. than likely, or I just have a weak and terrible immune system. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so that was good. But where You're does this... Weak and feeble. Where does this principle end? Because libertarians are supposed to do things based on principles. And the principle here is that if, if there is a danger in you going around other people in society then the government should be able to take away whatever liberties they want to take away the danger that you interacting in society might actually be posing to other people. And why do you only do that with COVID? That's what I want to know. Why don't we mandate the flu vaccines? Yeah, I mean, uh, s some people have to get it, but there's no one out there talking about mandatory flu vaccines. for. I just got my first one since I was in high school, I think. Last year, I just got my first flu vaccine. And uh, every time we go out in public, we put people in danger every single time, whether it's driving your car, you might have a cold or, or the flu or something, some type of disease that you don't even know about that could be transmissible that you're going out there. Listen, when it comes to the mandatory vaccine thing, of course, you could save more lives of probably if everyone had the vaccine and it would be spread around to less people and less people would die. But you know what? No victim, no crime. That seems to be a pretty good libertarian standpoint. And there's no proof that when you go out in the public that you are going to get other people sick. That's not a for sure thing that's going to happen. So you can't decide to force everyone to put a needle in their arm when you have not proven 
that I have actually put people in danger by going out in the public. Mm -hmm. And it's driving me nuts that people still don't, they don't acknowledge the natural immunity that you would have after after having COVID. Of course, this is the libertarian that gets on MSNBC. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is the guy they call. To get on the show. This is an actual libertarian. Because they want to prove their point. It's obviously about pushing the narrative. So now this guy can speak for all libertarians Mm -hmm. on MSNBC. And they can tout this around. Like, look, you know, even this is the libertarians. They understand. The title was Even Libertarians Think. That that was something like Even Libertarians Support Mandatory Vaccines. And I can't remember what it was called. Um, Yeah, no. uh, A libertarian. Now... Now there's also a thing like what if so when I had when I was stricken ill by the covids uh, a couple weeks ago is it libertarian of me to go out into public knowing that I have covid and going around a bunch of other people the answer is no the answer would be no but I didn't do that I made a personal decision just like it wouldn't be libertarian of me to go out in the public and just kill people if I wanted to so I make that decision on a daily basis to not go out in the public and kill people All right. And so I made the decision to not go out into public. So no victim, no crime that happened right there. I should not be forced to get the vaccine because I made the personal choice to not weaponize the illness that I had against whatever people I was going to be around. And plus, those people that are out there in society, if they are super worried about getting COVID, then they need to be vaccinated. And they will have a much, 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 much lower chance of dying if they have been vaccinated. And so now we are in a good situation where you could get vaccinated if you're super worried about it. And if you're not super worried about it, then you're not going to get vaccinated. Okay. That it's a, it's a pretty simple situation we're in right now. If you're very worried about COVID, then get the vaccine. You end up getting sick. If you do get sick, you feel like you have a cold for a few days, statistically very low chance of dying. And then you get on with your life. We need to stop acting like this is, this is not the same thing, even as it was a year a year and a half ago anymore. We have the vaccine out there, and if you're worried about it, then go get it. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Amen. Okay. All right, y'all, get your votes in. Um, Dumb bleep number one was, don't worry here, because I got the list good, good, good. with the numbers on them. Okay? Dumb bleep number one is the U.S. troops are going to send uh, troops. Or I'm sorry, the U.S. is going to send troops, not the U.S. troops. <laughs> they're not going to send themselves. 3,000 troops back to Afghanistan. After they just withdrew After roughly 3,000, yeah. by the way. Dumb number two, vaccines are no cost, by the way. Dumb number three was the CEO uh, compensation rose versus the minimum wage. <laughs> so that lovely statistic. Dumb bleep numero cuatro, vaccines should be as easy as getting as buying a gun. Mm-hmm. This should just be that easy. Dumb number five was the eviction moratorium and how we should cancel capitalism and the entire composition competition-based model. So just get rid of hierarchies. And we'll just give people houses, yeah. by the mm-hmm. way. There's open houses. We'll just put people in houses. Just give people houses. Dumb bleep number six, libertarian support mandatory vaccines. Because obviously this guy from the Cato Institute, or Cato Institute, or just Cato, whatever it is. I think he writes for them or something. Uh, uh, um, I don't know if he's, you know, a a member of it, but he is an adjunct, uh, what did they call it, scholar or whatever it is. So he's a professor or something. I don't know what it is. He speaks for all libertarians. He's a real basically. libertarian. So get your votes in. All right, Joe. Uh, Amanda says that means he gets paid to write occasional articles, but now he's out there representing the libertarian think tank, the Cato Institute, saying that mandatory vaccines are actually libertarian. I hope they don't pay him to write any more articles. I'll just say that. While these votes are coming in, I'm going to tell you guys that you want to get into mastermystonks.com. You want to get into the Liberty Trading Academy. Uh, Mr. Charles over here has been trading the strategy, the ERB. You're going to hear us talking an awful lot about that um, because it's a strategy that works. It's super easy. The strategy was designed so I could show it to my mom and she could take trades every day if she wanted to. That was literally the idea. One Um, trade a day. One trade a day. And um, actually, uh, I mean, Charlie, in the last uh, 10 weeks, you're account is up what like 50 percent or 40 percent in the last 10 weeks yeah. i would say yep so right at 40 percent 
up 40 percent from uh, from this strategy just one trade a day if you want to take it normally it's done in like five minutes sometimes it might take an hour or something like that but normally it's done in like five minutes uh, we tell you in the class what stonk we're going to trade and what price levels we will be taking that trade at that does not mean that you have to do it by the way we're just going to let you know what stock we are going to trade that morning and what price levels we are getting in and out at okay and if you want to take if you want to listen to that and then use that in your life that morning. If you can do that, go to mastermystonks.com, mastermystonks.com, get involved, quit wasting your freaking time and do it right now, okay? The the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is freaking do it right now, okay? Yeah. As the old Taiwanese proverb goes. And as so. Jeff said, it's it's the sex panther strategy. It is. <laughs> That's right. It is. Also, y'all, Patreon. I got to mention Patreon. We haven't talked about this in a while, so we appreciate every single one of our Patreon members. And I think we're up over 100 now, close to it, somewhere around there. So we can't thank y'all enough. And if you want to be part of the live show, when we decide to go live, which is just about every single day of the week, if you want to be able to vote, yes, we charge for voting, folks. Uh, If you want to be able to vote on Dumb Bleep of the Week, then you have to be part of the group. You have to be inside the Discord. It's a secret group that you only get invited to once you become a Patreon member. So go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Get in there and get get square, okay? Who actually, uh, let's see who, oh, Amanda put these in the Dumb Bleep channel right here. It looks like, thank you, Amanda, for doing that. I didn't didn't do that today. Um, It looks like number five, the cancel rent eviction moratorium conversation is what one dumb bleep uh Cato was close and the vaccines being as easy as getting a gun when you can literally just schedule an appointment go get a, a quote free unquote vaccine i'm gonna vote for number six even so, though it's gonna lose it's gonna throw a vote in there oh we could tip the scales here we real could. quick if i hit we the button could. right now who says we can't <clears throat> vote man i would still have to go with the uh with the canceling rent thing as well that oh, would have you would that would have dire consequences and it has had really terrible consequences in the past so all right tell, tell i was just voting for the most dumb thing yep that was pretty dumb All right, if you guys enjoyed today's show, which I know you did, again, I will be gone for two weeks, uh, so it'll be Nate and some other people coming on. I have seven interviews lined up just next week. Just next week, and there's probably more coming in the pipeline Mm -hmm. because I do see several emails from people that reached out to us from uh, Liberty Fest. Freedom. Freedom Fest. I'm sorry. Freedom Fest. Yeah. Uh, So we do have some more interviews we probably need to get to. Some people we got to talks with, okay? So that's all coming up uh, in the next couple weeks. You will have Nathaniel Paul Not Dead Thurston. Yep. That's, that's a pretty, that's pretty good name now. I that's, prefer that to yeah, be my name, yeah. But you're not dead. Yeah. The day I say Nathaniel Paul Dead Thurston, <laughs> it'll be... If I die, you have to keep the podcast going, by the way. I will. You can pull in someone else if you want to have a co-host, maybe Amanda be... or Magoo or Maurice, someone like that. How old will I be? When I die? Yeah. I had probably 35, something like that. Are you like going that. first, do you think? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to stroke out sometime. But we're against death. I don't like death. No. It's yeah, just, we're against it. I keep trying to prep my wife. Like, I'm listen, <laughs> I'm going to have a massive stroke. Okay? It's going to happen. I hope not. So, just Anyway, if you guys enjoy today's show, please share it around. Tell your friends, your loved ones. There's not much, obviously, much time longer to, to <laughs> if you enjoy it. So, share it quickly with folks. They need to hear this before... Nate Strokes, I guess. Yep. So share it with a friend, family member, and the children. <laughs> okay. Also, leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance, which you do have a chance right now to do it. If you do all of those things, Nate and some friends, we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you guys have a good week and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty. That's right. <laughs>